Otherwise, on SAFM. Laura Barker is the MD of Black Bark Productions and the mastermind behind the Rising Star Awards. Laura, welcome to Otherwise and thank you for your time. Hi. Um, what brought you to South Africa from the UK? Oh, now that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I actually came to Cape Town on holiday and fell in love with the place um, and gradually moved. I kept trying to go back to London, but Cape Town called me. <laughs> so at some point I realized that I had to stop traveling and start working. Um, and here I am today. I've now married a South African and have a nine-month-old baby. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, I'm not complaining because you bring good ideas like the Rising Star Awards. Just give us the thinking behind them. Um, the Rising Star Awards has been um, with my brainchild, um, but it was influenced by a lot of the uh, programs that I've worked on previously. The main one that I called upon was a, something called the Women of the Future in the UK, mm-hmm. and that recognizes talented young women under the age of 35. And what I liked about that program is the energy that it's developed. These young women now mentor, they go into schools, so they have a huge give back. Um, and it's created this amazing energy behind the program. And I thought that there was a way of replicating something similar in South Africa, um, which is where the concept, the initial early concept of the Rising Star Awards came from. Um, we have expanded that. The Rising Star Awards isn't gender-specific. Um, mm-hmm. We look to recognize talented young people in the workplace between the ages of 28 and 40. That's our only parameters. We do not look at ethnicity. We do not look at, um, as I mentioned, gender. Everybody is welcome to enter the awards, um, and we have quite a rigorous judging process. But should they come through and be one of our top four in each of the industry categories, then they become part of the Rising Star Network, and it's that network that we give mentoring to, we give learning packages to, and we give them opportunities to give back. Um, and it's, that's the energy that I was looking to replicate, and I believe we have. Uh, we've got some very, very exciting rising stars within the network and really committed and engaged to doing good for the country. And what sort of talent are you looking for? We'll, the talent that we're looking for is very much an individual characteristic. Um, we're not, we don't judge on how well you perform within your organization. What we're looking for is the kind of person who makes the most of the situation, um, wherever that is. Mm-hmm. So we have some characteristics that we've identified as the characteristics of a rising star. And they, um, we're looking for somebody who adheres to principles and values, who is ethical, who makes good choices. We're looking for someone who has a focus on learning and researching, someone you can trust to decide and initiate action, mm-hmm. um, someone who ha- uh, relates and networks both internally within the organization and externally, um, someone you can trust and you know that they can achieve their personal work goals and their, their objectives. Mm-hmm. And the last criteria we look at is um, delivering results and meeting expectations. Wow. Uh, and you've found some already in the past two years, I think? We have, we have. We've got, as I mentioned, we've got some amazing rising stars that have come through in the past two years. Um, we've had winners from organizations such as Sasol, Investec, IBM, KPMG. So really some of the country's largest um, organizations. Um, and the kind of level that we look at, I mean, they, um, Seto Hane is the head of invest, ahead of CSI at Investec. Mm-hmm. We have, um, the head of audit at KPMG, um, and that kind of thing. So we're really on looking at the senior manager level. So who does the nominations? How, how, how what's the process? 
The nominations are still open, so anybody who's listening who thinks you're a rising star, please go to the website, which is www.risingstar.co.za, and there's a very simple form on the homepage. It's just a form that says an assessment request form. You fill that in with your contact details, and then we'll hand over to our judging partners, CEB, and they will send you um, the, uh, the, uh, the entry form. All we ask is that you fill in that quick form on the website before the end of March because that's a closing date. Mm-hmm. Now, you talk about mentorship after, you know, when you get the top four. What's, what sort of mentorship do they get and, um, you know, how the development happens in communication especially? Um, for sure. Well, what we have is we have um, a network of judges. Um, each of the final four will be interviewed and spend a two-and-a-half-hour interview in front of a panel of judges. Mm-hmm. Now, there's 11 industry categories. Each industry category has a panel of about three or four judges. So these industry experts are the people we work with to carry on developing the stars after that. Um, But also because these stars are quite professional and successful people within their own right, we also offer them opportunities to give back and to mentor to younger people. Mm -hmm. We've worked with the Alexander Education Committee and we've um, had them come in, speak to the stars, offer them opportunities to work with the um, disadvantaged young children there. So it's quite an interesting age group because there's both mentoring up and mentoring down that they can access. Now you've recently launched in Kenya... We have, we have. Um, we're, we're in our third year in South Africa, and the energy, as I mentioned, is amazing. Um, so we have branched out to Kenya. Um, it's going very well. Um, again, the entries close at the end of March. So if anybody there um, maybe knows people in Kenya, works with people in Kenya, please feel free to put them forward as well. Um, we have a Kenyan website, which is rising-star.co.ke. Now, are you hoping to network these 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 uh, winners throughout the continent eventually? Absolutely, that's our long-term goal. Um, the concept that with this network is that because we have quite a stringent assessment process, that we really believe we've we come out with some of the top talent in the country. Now, this top talent um, is quite being identified and assisted and helped now should make it to the boardroom, should become C-level leaders. Um, And if they've learned to work together, if they've met each other, if they have each other's cell phone numbers now when they're between 28 and 40, that can only be beneficial when they become CEOs and and need to work with with each other across sectors and across countries. Mm. So that's, that's really our concept. I, I wonder, though, Laura, what if, if we, we are not helping those that already have help? You know, they, they are talented. They're in jobs. They're in the industry already. What do we say about those that are trying to get into the industry that are not recognized by anybody, that are jobless but probably have, um, have the talent, but just no one has discovered it? Um, what, we're not, we, our space in the market really is, as you mentioned, looking at those who have jobs already. Mm-hmm. Um, with regard to those who are looking for jobs, um, it's not really it's a very, very important place, but it's not really a place that we're qualified to assist with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really something we can do. Um, you are right. We are already working with a talented people who have certainly already got the job. Um, but what we hope to do is to give them a little bit more, um, to give them a little bit more learning, a little bit more access to the boardroom so that when they do proceed, then they're a little bit more um, rounded and a little bit more um, comfortable in mm-hmm. um, taking that more senior role on. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 hopefully hopefully they then continue to start their own businesses as opposed to staying in the in the industry employed by somebody else. Absolutely, and that can lead to job creation um, and all sorts of things. We do have an entrepreneur category. As much as I've listed um, some of the major organizations, one of our categories is specifically targeted at entrepreneurs, so we recognize those as well. Um, and, and a lot of the give back um, that I'm talking about when they come through to the Rising Star Network, we do look at um, particularly education um, because it's linked, to, it's linked to what we do, but we look at working with disadvantaged um, communities and that kind of thing, and that's how we have to give back. And, and these, these applicants can come from anywhere in the country, right? Absolutely, either South Africa or Kenya. They don't have to be South African or Kenyan nationals, but you do have to be um, employed and living in that country. Now, where do you find the time? You've got a nine-month-old baby, and you, you sound like your day is so busy already. Where do you find the time? How do you make time for family and what you do? Well, I'm very, very fortunate um, in the fact that I work a three-day week in the office, and I work two days from home. So I'm, I do get to spend that quality time with my daughter, although as she's getting older, she's allowing me to work from home less and less. <laughs> 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 slightly, slightly more attention and time, but it's amazing. Um, I, I'm in a very fortunate position that, as I said, I come to the office two days a week and spend the rest of the time with her. Um, so I can do things like take her to swimming lessons. Oh, kind of fantastic, thing. as long as you keep that side of the home burning, because, you know, you can't ignore the importance of being mom as well. Well, thank, thank you so much for talking to us, and good luck. You let us know when are the dates, when is the closing date for the, for the entries? Please go on to the, um, the Rising Star website. Um, as I said, I'm fill in that quick two-minute assessment request form before the end of March. After that, we'll handle everything from there. The big gala dinner in Kenya will be at June the 24th and in Johannesburg on July the 28th. That's when all the winners will be awarded and recognized. Well, we hope to talk to them when you have found them. And, and, and it's a wonderful idea, these awards. Thank you very much for chatting to us, Laura. Thank you for your time, Shadow. And good luck. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Um, the Rising Star Awards. So go to the website www.risingstar.co.za if you believe that you have what it takes. Uh, you can initiate action and you deliver on time and, you know, nominate someone if you're not the one. And all you have to be is a woman or man between the ages 28 and 40. When we do come back, we're talking to Bongi Wenotanda, who is the publishing director of Viva Media. Here's a special announcement to the liquor distributing and manufacturing industry. The Minister of the Department of Trade and Industry, Dr. Rob Davies, has approved National Liquor Amendment Regulations of Act 59 of 2003. These amendments bring about changes in the submission and processing of applications. All applications must include the prescribed information and proof of payment to be considered. Contact the DTI call center on 0861-843-384 for more details. Mike's broken down in the middle of nowhere again. Can you go give him a tow? I was just about to call it a day. Oh, well, here are the keys to the Nissan MP300 hard body. Why don't you give them to John? Uh, I don't have to be home for a while. Let me do it, rather. Enjoy getting the job done in a Nissan NP300 Hardbody 2.5 TDI base, now from a fantastic 188,000. Visit your nearest Nissan dealer or nissan.co.za to experience the proud heritage and proven capability of the Nissan NP300 Hardbody 2.5 TDI base for only 188,000. T's and C's apply. Nissan, innovation that excites. Otherwise, on SAFM. 
Bongiwe Notlander is the publishing director of Viva Media. Bongiwe, hello and welcome to Otherwise. Hi, Shadow. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for your time because uh, it looks like your time is filled. Every minute is. <laughs> I try, I try. Doing what you do. But how do you decide to get a degree in literature? Um, well, I've always been a storyteller. Um, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine I hadn't seen in several years this December and was telling her about my, you know, career trajectory. And she said, well, you've always been a storyteller. Um, when her and I used to walk back from school, I was always the one animatedly telling her, you know, what the future would look like. So it was just a natural progression of me loving to tell stories and deciding to study English and, and become a writer, wordsmith. And this is why it landed you in all the glossies that you've worked for as features writer and assistant editor. What did that experience give you? Um, practically, it, it just sort of tell, teaches you how to um, write well, how to interview people, how to read people, and um, how to tell stories and, and, and explain things to the layman and help with information dissemination because really you're in the industry that helps to educate people and, and, and decide the uh, national dialogue. So it gives that practical experience, and, and yeah, it's, it's just a lovely industry to be in, and I, and, and I love working in it. Yeah, because you wrote about finance, you wrote about decor and health, and I mean, I, I would have thought that if one um, is, 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 is a features writer, you write about one subject, and, and but it seems like you, you could cross over quite easily. Well, the idea is that you're not the expert. So you will contact an expert in that industry and you will discuss with them the topic and they will tell you in their expert opinion what you talk about. And then you give that story flavor and you flesh it out for the reader and you make sure that the reader understands what you're talking about and that it's interesting to them. So you don't write about one thing because you're an expert in it. You, you, you consult various people and they help give you an understanding of what it is that you're talking about. And that then was not enough. You went and started Viva Media. How did that come about? Well, I've always been inspired by ladies like Carol Bauer and, and Kanye Domo who are entrepreneurs and who go out and, and have started their own businesses. Mm -hmm. And also because I believe that, um, you know, with the unemployment levels in South Africa, that uh, small to micro enterprises are what are going to help alleviate um, unemployment and help job, job growth. So it was just a natural progression of all the women that I've admired and, and, and something that I've always wanted to do myself. And why publishing? Uh, well, because that's my industry and uh, that's what I have experienced. And then also because, um, you know, you get to engage um, in the stories that people are talking about in the office around the water cooler every day. Mm -hmm. And you get to sort of... Um, you know, direct that conversation. And, and you're really feeding the information that people go home and, and talk about. And, and that's where everybody gets the information from. It's such an important platform. Like media really does decide the, the, the national dialogue. So that's why publishing, I suppose. Mm -hmm. and, and one would, would say, though, that the different forms of, of feeding that, that need of, you know, people wanting news and wanting um, opinions. Um, and do you still feel that publishing on paper, for that matter, is 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 still is is still a viable option? 
It is in South Africa. Obviously, across the world, it's changing. Uh, people are getting most of their information from digital um, products such as tablets and computers and so on. Mm-hmm. And in South Africa, I would say probably mobile applications are the leading um, sources of information for most South Africans. But print is still relevant in South Africa. It will take us a while to transform it. In the interim, um, a lot of companies are making the changes towards digital and and yes, that is the future. Definitely, digital is the future. Yeah, because some I've seen some publications come and go because you know they're not getting that much support, and usually it depends on advertising. Huh? Absolutely, advertising is is where the money is. Um, you know, a lot of people always ask, what is the business model? And really, it, it's all the adverts that you see in the publications. That's where um, the publishing houses get their money from. And with the digital landscape, it will change invariably because, you know, the information is so accessible and it has to change all the time. Whereas with print, it's sort of, you know, you write something, it goes to print, it's there for a lot longer. So digital will make that a lot more complicated. Um, but we'll see how it goes, you know. Mm. Uh, but... Ideology, is this how you say it? Ideology? Ideology. Ideology, okay, yes. is, 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 is your flagship title. Tell us about yes. that. Well, ideology um, really looks at what we've discussed right now. Um, so it's really looking at youth between the ages of 18 and 34 and skills development in the country and really what government and the private sector is doing to come together and, and help uplift that age group because that's the most economically active or should be the most economically active. But in South Africa, we've got such high unemployment levels Mm. in that age group. So we're looking at corporate South Africa, what corporate South Africa is doing to give back or to upskill the youth. And then we also look at government policies and and what government has in place to help corporate South Africa and and the general public, um, you know, take that uh, um, lead and, and help with that unemployment. But this information is out there. What, what difference does it make if it goes into a publication? Um, does it reach its its audience quicker? Then you know, I'm, I'm not understanding why, because you really are, are, are creating a platform for that network between the un, un, unemployed youth and and the organisations. But I, I'm, I'm just wondering how different it is than somebody going to find that information on an organisation's website. Sure. Well, the problem with that is that a lot of people actually don't know what information is out there. Um, A lot of the people don't know what the private sector is doing. The private sector gets a lot of flack for uh, not being as involved in upskilling the youth as it should be, whereas the private sector is probably a lot more economically involved um, in upskilling the youth than government is. Um, In our publication, we got a lot more uh, corporate support than we did from the government, Mm -hmm. who actually has the national youth policy in place. That is an act that is mandated by government. And a lot of the youth don't even know that, that that's an act, that all corporations are, in fact, um, you know, duty-bound to um, have policies in place within their own organizations that cater to that demographic. So we talk about those, and then we look at exactly what those corporations are doing, and uh, we help tie in that information with the youth who'd be interested in getting into those organizations. Mm-hmm. So we look at the SABs, and we look at the standard banks, and we look at Woolies. And then we also look at, um, you know, the Department of Trade and Industry and, um uh, you know, the various government departments that are mandated to handle those portfolios. And, and we sort of tie it in together 
and we explain it from a holistic point of view. Hmm. How how then is this uh, uh, publication uh, disseminated? How does it get to its audience? Well, we have a database uh, that we use. We're unfortunately not on the shelf yet because um, shelf space is quite expensive. Mm. And our company itself is also a startup. So we experience many of the same problems that startups experience that Mm. people our own age experience when they start a business. So we're writing from a point of understanding as well. Um, but we, yes, we have a database of people and, uh, we have a website and so on and people can come on and register and we will send the publication to them. Um, we have a website, uh, Twitter feed, a Facebook page and so on. Um, we're still trying to build our database. Um, we have a database of about 10,000 people that we go to and it's corporate and public. I baffled finding you on Twitter. There were so many Viva Media 123 or Viva Media that. Are you, are you as Viva, Viva Media or Bongiwe? On, uh, no, on it's Viva Media, yes. Yeah, there's lots of people with... And uh, for the magazine, there's uh, ideologymag.coza as well. And uh, our official... Uh, Viva Media is the company name and Ideology is the magazine. Mm-hmm. So, th- yeah, there's the differences there. Now, to, to, to get your information across and also market your book, you you may need to do other things like um, probably organize events for, for young people to come in. How else are you reaching them? We do have um, sort of other arms to our organization, such as event management and so on, but a lot of that sort of involves sponsorship and, and, and you know, just getting the capital. Mm-hmm. So right now, in, a, in, a, in the infancy stage of our organization, we are still looking to get financing in order to make those kind of events possible. Mm, because I'm thinking that those companies that are contributing to the magazine, I think they should come and also talk to young people that uh, would be reading the magazine, but also talk about those the, the important issues that you raise in, 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 in the publication. Absolutely, and that is the goal. But, you know, you can't strong-arm any organization. It, it takes a while to win over everybody's trust and, and, uh, and, and to get them to believe in the brand and, and, and to buy into it. But I love the, uh, the publication. I, I read through it, and it's really wonderful. I want to congratulate you. And, Bongi, where you say uh, we, they may find you on your website, which is www? Ideologymag.co.za. Um, and uh, on our website, which is www.vivamedia.co.za. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for talking to us. Eh? Thank you, Shadow. Thank you very much. You take care. Bon- okay, thanks. Bonnie Renotanda, Publishing Director of Viva Media. It's www.ideologymag.co.za. And Viva Media is also on the web if you'd like to read the publication. It is now time for news headlines with Utila Sako. Thanks, Shadow. In the headlines, the Oscar Pistorius murder trial has heard debate on whether or not the athlete would have been able to balance himself on his stumps while shooting or using a cricket bat to break down the toilet door. Health Minister Dr. Aaron Mutualedi says the launch of the human papillomavirus vaccination program will help curb deaths of young women. He's been speaking at the launch of the program at Bloemfontein's Honyane Primary School. And the Val River's level continues to rise after the heavy rains over the past two weeks. Seven sluice gates have been opened at the Val Dam near Ferenaging. Details at 2 o'clock. Otherwise, on SAFM. 
Now, the Baxter is now calling for applications for the 2014 Brett Golden Bursary, with auditions taking place at the Market Theatre in Johannesburg, and the entries are closing very soon on the 14th of March. And here to talk to us is um, <coughs> is a. Uh, uh, Denise Golden, who keeps her late sun star rising with the Brett Golden Bursary. Denise, hello and welcome, and thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me on your show. How have you held up since the loss of your son? You know, there's a fallacy that time heals, and um, I'm living proof that it doesn't heal. Mm. I'm sorry in a car at the moment, I'm not driving, so it is a bit noisy. No problem, no problem at all. I'm glad you could you could stop to talk to us. And and is 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 the fact that you set up the bursary immediately after the loss of your son? Well, what actually happened is that um, when they were in Stratford, Brett was meant to leave with the cast of Hamlet at the time when this happened. Mm-hmm. He was actually murdered three days before he was due to leave. The Royal Shakespeare Company were having a World Shakespeare Festival in Stratford, and uh, Brett was in Hamlet, and Hamlet was the, the South African play who had to have been chosen to be the play to open the World Festival, mm-hmm. which was a great honor. And, of course, the cast, Brett, were very excited about it. Janet Sussman was um, directing the play, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of heart to it. When, unfortunately, this happened and Brett was robbed of this opportunity, they had to absolutely rush around and find a placement for him. Mm -hmm. And when they got to Stratford, um, you know, there was a memorial service for Brett at uh, Shakespeare's grave. And so Anthony Sher and Janet Sussman and Dorothy Ann Gould spoke about it and to Ian McKellen and decided that something had to be done Mm To, um, to really mark the occasion. And that's when they came up with the idea of having this bursary. And thank goodness it's been an outstanding success. Well, who, who has benefited from this bursary? Well, at first we were sending out one a year, one, one young actor a year, but I think it's between the ages of 20 and 30, mm-hmm. would audition. We were lots of people that applied and a, a winner was carefully chosen. And then we found that from the feedback that they'd been rather lonely there, although they did participate with the Royal Shakespeare Company and they were never really alone, mm-hmm. there was nobody of their own sort of background that they could relate to. So we decided instead of sending somebody yearly, we'd make it two yearly and let two people go together. And that proved to be fabulous. And that's what we've done. So there have been already, I think, four of come back very passionate about Shakespeare and about their experience and they've gone on to do outreach work in the community to encourage youngsters who are frightened of Shakespeare or who know nothing about Shakespeare, encourage them to really um, appreciate and to love the subject and, and that's been a wonderful spin-off. How long is the course, the, the postgraduate course that they do? It's, they, they're in the UK for about just over five weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And they do actual rehearsals and performances with the Royal Shakespeare Company. They attend different kinds of workshops, voice workshops and production workshops. And then, of course, they get to see all the plays. They're accommodated. 
they've um, flown there, obviously. Everything is included. They don't have to outlay any cash except if they want some spending money for themselves. But all their plays, everything is paid for. Mm-hmm. So they really have a wonderful, wonderful time there. And we're just hoping to reach all the young aspiring actors out there who have an affinity and a love for Shakespeare to apply for this. The applications do close on the 14th, but because um, of some admin delays and it's been a bit of a short time for people to apply, if there are some late entries, they will be taken into account. Okay, and, and what, what is the process then? Uh, who are the judges? Of, of Who sits on the judging panel? Well, this year, um, the, the panel hasn't been finally decided yet, mm-hmm. but it will be James and Corporal from the Market Theatre, mm-hmm. um, Dorothy Ann Gould, who's a very well-known, highly respected international actress. There'll be myself and there'll be another person. Okay. And um, the, the people who apply will be notified as they're eligible for auditions, and the auditions are going to be held at the market theatre over a period of two days, and then the function announcing the winner winners will be on the Friday evening. I'm thinking somebody may be sitting in another city and listening to us and thinking, why are they in Johannesburg only? Could auditions not have been done in at least three major cities? And how do they get themselves to to Johannesburg? Well, this is a problem. That's why we alternate. Um, Each time, every two years, it alternates. Last time it was in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. So this time it's in Johannesburg. Unfortunately, we don't have the finances cover the expenses of um, an artist coming up from Cape Town or Durban to Johannesburg that they would have to do to come up by car or whatever they Mm -hmm. wished. They would have to do that at their own expense. So if they're passionate about what they do and if they're confident about their abilities and they really want to go, I think that shouldn't hopefully be a stumbling block for them. Maybe two or three friends could come up together. You know, I just hope that they will manage to do that. Or wait until it gets to their city, I think, I think is, is another solution. But so they only have to be between 20 and 30 years old. Any other mm. experience required? No, no. They just said they, they, all the information will be given to them. Um, and I think the press release that you got from BATSA will state it as well. Um, they have to do two pieces of um, theatre for them to at the audition, but that is all explained in the um, in the letter they will receive. Mm-hmm. And I want to come back to you, um, and, and I asked you earlier how you were holding up, but what, what really keeps you going from day to day? And I, I believe that this, this, this process also gives you uh, a give back to, to, to your son, but what other things do you do to just stay positive? It's not always easy, you know, it's, it's, um, it comes at you in waves and it's little things that can trigger you. You can be having a perfectly okay day and for instance this morning, um, something happened that reminded me very, very closely of my son and I was in tears. Mm. Um, you, you just have to try every day to look for something positive. This, 
anniversary is a wonderful thing because it's making a very good positive out of what was a disastrous negative for me. Mm-hmm. And there's also, of course, the Millennium Awards, which come up on Monday. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a great golden trophy for the best new breakthrough, the newcomers the industry, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. There are a number of school trophies in the arts for him. And I have a, a which I call the worst club in the world, and that's the www.thewordsclubintheworld.org. And that's a, a group of people um, where uh, other members already, unfortunately. It's a site for parents and families who are mourning the loss of a child, Mm-hmm. And I spend a lot of time with that. I go out and I see people who've lost their children and are totally in despair until there's no point in going on. And when they see myself and my friends who've all lost children and some of us more than one child and that we're going, that we're keeping going mm-hmm. and that we're still having a laugh, albeit not the same laugh, we all are still having a laugh. And that gives other people hope and inspiration. And, and that's the beautiful gift that I've got from Brett. Mm. Can anyone become part of the worst club in the world? Is the, you know, as a support group, I, I suppose, um, can any per- parent who's lost uh, a child? Yes, yes, yes. It's open. It's international. It, it, there's no cost, no charge involved. It's, um, there's no distinction. You know, death has no distinction mm. whatsoever. You know, there are people of all colors, races, creeds from every corner of the world now. And it's just a great comfort because you'll find somebody who's lost a child, say, for instance, to cancer, mm. would like to communicate with other parents in mm. the same position. You'll find many people have lost their children to, um, uh, to motorbike accidents mm. and they kind of feel commute, communicating with somebody else who's lost a child in a motorbike accident will have more meaning for them and so it goes and there are many of us unfortunately whose children have been murdered mm. and we are able to sort of but I, I, I go out and I visit a tremendous amount of people in the Gauteng area that I can reach and spend time with them and it's a a remarkably rewarding feeling and that's one of the things that do keep me going is that if you're able to give hope to somebody else and give back some of the kindness that's been given to me it's very Mm. spiritually rewarding. Denise, is there, is there someone professional around? Because I, I would think that while you talk and give support to these other women, there's, a, there's a, a bit of sadness that you take away as well, and you need an outlet to, to kind of breathe it out. Is, 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 is there a, 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 a psychologist or just a counsellor that the, the club offers that you can talk to? Yes, yes, uh, yes, for sure. That, that definitely is a need, and we have, if you go onto, our, onto the website, org, you'll see we do have a psychologist mm-hmm. who's very, very geared to, um, to counseling people who are grieving the loss of a child, and she gives people, you know, who 
who do go to her medical aid rates if they don't have to open their purses at all. Mm. And if they can't even afford her, there's a lot of people that she's taken on a pro bono basis. And she's been, you know, she's been wonderful. I've also had support from the Department of Correctional Services Mm -hmm. because I had that terrible experience with the parole hearing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that really got me down. I I was completely shattered. And they did send along a couple of their top counsellors to me, which was very nice. And um, they were also a great help to me. Well, I admire your strength, and I, I really, and, and this is a good gift to you, the, this this bursary, because you know it keeps, as I say, it keeps your sun's star rising through other actors, and you know, and, and you get to remember him in a good way. I certainly do, and I must, I must also be very grateful because the acting community, that whole industry, is such a magnificent one. There's such caring and love for each other, and Brett's friends and his colleagues from the acting community have all these years been nothing but supportive to me. We meet once a year on Brett's birthday to celebrate his birthday. It's like a wonderful reunion. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I go to the Naledis on Monday evening, there'll be hugs and kisses all over. And, you know, Brett's not forgotten, and no parent wants their child to be forgotten or relegated and visible. And I am so lucky and so grateful to have these wonderful friends of his who keep me going and the pleasure of seeing young people win this bursary that Brett was robbed of, you know, just gives me a feeling like, you know, it's this continuity and thank Mm. goodness there's this wonderful opportunity coming to others. Denise, we wish you... made possible. And I thank you for your time as well and your understanding. No, we wish you all the strength. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Denise Golden, and we're talking about the 2014 Brett Golden Bursary Call for Applications. And if you are interested, you're an actor, actress between the ages of 20 and 30 years old. And she did say even though it's closing on Friday, they will accept uh, late applications. Not too late, though, possibly by Monday you should have them before the the adjudicators sit down and choose uh, your, you know, get you onto that short list of 20 that will be made, and we hope that you make it. All applications should only be sent to Nicolette Moses at the Baxter Theatre. You may fax her on 021-650-5260. That's 021-650-5260 for a fax, but you may email her at nicolette.moses at UCT. Dot AC dot ZA. Now that's Nicolette dot Moses at UCT dot AC dot ZA. And good luck. I hope you do get to uh, get an opportunity to, to be shortlisted at least. And uh, the auditions will happen at the Market Theatre in Johannesburg. Now we'll take a song by Lyra. <laughs> Oh 
song beautiful voice by Lyra and I'm a believer which brings us uh, to uh, a story called a little bit of this and a little bit of that it's time for Nadibari after this <laughs> 